This episode of The Mom Voice is brought to you by the Wally Phone Case. Okay, guys, we have found a new phone case that we think you're really going to love. The Wally is a leather case with threaded detail. It has a loop for your finger in the back, but also doubles as a stand when you want to watch a show. It lays completely flat, and the best part is there's a discreet pocket for your credit card or driver's license, so no more losing those things when you have to run into the store. With our code, this case is only $22. It's seriously such a steal for the functionality that you're getting. To purchase your Wally case, head over to wallycases.com forward slash momvoice. That's Wally, W-A-L-L-I, cases.com forward slash momvoice. Shop around for your phone model, pick your case, and then at checkout, enter code momvoice for 15% off. Seriously, Go shop right now while you're listening to this episode. We really think you're going to love it. Hey guys, welcome to The Mom Voice. This is Lauren and Sarah with episode 122. Well, we are so excited to have a returning guest and friend, Elise Hunter from Hunters of Happiness. Say hi, Elise. Hello. <laughs> We're so happy to have you back. We had her on last year with her episode, um, Finding Hope Through Infertility, and it touched so many women, and we have just bonded with Elise, and we're so excited that we got to see you again today in person. I'm so excited. Yes. She has a wonderful DIY account where you can just follow along as she is making her cookie cutter home custom, and it is incredible, all the skills that you can do, and we're going to talk a lot about that and just like your journey down that road and kind of finding like that power as a woman. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Today we are going to talk about, well, I think over the last year we have really watched you kind of come into your own and kind of find a niche that you really love and enjoy in DIY and woodworking, like something that typically is a man's field maybe. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. We believe at the core, and we talk a lot about this in our podcast, that empowered women go on to empower other women. Do you have anybody in your life specifically that kind of really empowered you or encouraged you to kind of go for it? So I think the person that initially comes to mind is my mom. She always empowered me. Um, Also my dad. I think my parents really shaped me into believing that I could do anything that I put my mind to. But then also just in the different seasons of my life, I feel like I've always had someone there who's empowered me, and now especially my husband. Um, But women, particularly, I would say my mom. Yeah, I love that. And in what ways would you say your husband kind of empowers you now? Oh, he's just the best cheerleader. Yeah. And he always believes in me. Any of my crazy ideas, whenever I've ever done anything that someone else or the majority of people would say, uh, don't do that, he says, go for it. If you want to do it, go for it. Um, like when I first started my Instagram account, it was 2012. It was kind of odd, (laughs) like back. And whenever you start your own Instagram, I feel like it feels to other people like, what are they doing? And, and then once you're bigger, people are more accepting of it. I think that's fair. Which it's, I mean, you're the same person either way, Mm -hmm. but my husband was always like, if you love it, if you find joy in it, do it. And he's always been that way about everything. And to have someone in your life constantly that 
builds you up like that, it makes it easier to go for all the things that you want to. Well, social media kind of is like a a very, very revealing space. Like you're sharing a lot with, you don't even know exactly who. So yeah. And especially when you're trying something new or taking that dive into a, a, a risk in a way, it can feel very like revealing and raw and kind of scary, but then you evolve with it and you've grown so much. And you, like we said, kind of came into your own and found these amazing project and your family's just shining. It's really cool. Um, did you have a mentor like in the last little while? Cause I know to journey into power tools and woodwork, <laughs> something that is so just feels beyond me. I don't even know where I'd start. Yeah. I feel like with anything you have to have a mentor and I feel like all my seasons of life, I've had different mentors in different capacities mm-hmm. and we learned so much from just being open to learning from each other for woodworking. It was definitely, my husband was the one that I watched first. He's handy and I felt like I learned so much just from watching him. And he was always really great. And he was what opened the door, honestly, because we would do these projects and he'd be using the nail gun and be like, okay, now it's your turn to do it. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, you can do it. I don't want to touch the power tools. And he was like, no, like, you take a turn. I'll show you how to use it. And just, you know, giving me that open door to like try something that in my mind I had not felt like I could do. Yes. Like I, my husband is super handy and I just literally just saved the jobs for him. I'm like, okay, hang that over there. Can you cut this and put this there? And then we need to glue this up there. And I, you know, and just hearing you say that I should take the time just to, I do watch him and I feel like I have like picked up little pieces, but he is really very experienced and talented and I should just like dive into that and try it with him. If I, if you want to, right? Like I feel like sometimes I don't want to put the pressure on people that like, if you love watching your husband do that and you that's not something you're interested in at all, you know, like, I that's think it's fine. cool though when you're capable. I have a sister-in-law similar to you and she just kind of does all the ma'am things in the house. She just goes for it. And so does Sarah. She just hangs and, and you know, cuts and glues and fixes the things. I was going to say, I feel like <laughs> you, you're either one of two ways in a marriage, <laughs> right? You either have a husband who does want to fix it and like is super involved in all of that. Or you have one, like my husband has a corporate job and Mm -hmm. he works his butt off like 60 hour weeks. Like, and the last thing he wants to do when he comes home is like do a house project. Right. And so it becomes a thing of like, if I want it done, I have to do it. And so, yes, I've hung all the blinds in my house, all of it. (laughs) And so I know. That's definitely like with my husband. He works a tech job and runs his own business. And he he does love projects, but he loves them more like twice a year projects. (laughs) And I love projects constantly. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't working well to constantly be nagging him. Yeah. About, oh, I have this idea. Because I, I feel like creatively in my home, I have always loved decorating my home, transforming my home. Ever since I was little, my mom and I watched HGTV. And I always had dreams for my home. And I was using him as like the workhorse for all of it. Yeah. And it was, he, he just couldn't keep up with all the things that I wanted to do. And that's when I really realized why. Am I waiting for him? Like, why am I not? If this is something I really want, 
why am I not doing it myself? I love that. And I think as we're talking about being an empowered woman, that is a key um, moment when you do realize mm-hmm. like, I'm capable, I can do this. I, I can do it on my time. Yeah. If I, and as a woman, it's a lot more work. And I hate to say that, but you know, especially when you have kids mm-hmm. and the demands of home and grocery shopping and the house cleaning and like everything that traditionally falls upon a woman, it can be really intimidating to have that courage to be like, okay, I'm going to go for it. You know, whether it's DIY or something totally different, you know? So it's always, the first step is always kind of a step into the dark. And that is what takes the courage because like, yeah, you can feel like I want to do it, but you're, you, the first few steps are always like, you don't know what you're doing. Yes. I, it's, it's terrifying to some degree. (laughs) You kind of just have to go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like big characteristic of a woman who is well into her own skin and feels empowered is that she's not afraid to let her voice be known and kind of stand for what she stands for and speak out. I mean, you share a lot on Instagram and on your blog and we love following you there. I mean, was that always a comfortable place for you to do that? Or do you have boundaries there? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have, I feel like I am a chatty, open book type of person. And so I don't know personally if I know friends that I think are incredibly powerful, empowered women who are quiet. And I think that that also exists, that being empowered is more about completely being confident in yourself and and understanding who you are and being fine with people seeing that. Absolutely. I agree. So I definitely feel like for me, that's, I am a chatty open person and I enjoy that. And I found confidence in being that. And I definitely do have boundaries online and I think it's smart. One of my biggest ones is to never post something or react to something publicly when it's based off emotion and instead to like take a break pause and and respond to something not with emotion but when I'm more myself I love that and I found that to be the most successful for me there because a lot of times emotions override who we really are sometimes and we just need to let the emotions fall off a little bit before responding to things and whenever I respond in emotion instead of as myself I always am like well like regret it a little bit. Absolutely. And I loved what you said that there's a lot of ways to be empowered. Sometimes that more passive Mm -hmm. nature is almost more powerful or more impactful. It's true. Right? Because I feel like it comes across as very intentional and deliberate. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't come across that as much. Like you're online, especially you're hearing the loud dominant voices constantly. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you come across a woman who is just so confident in herself and what she believes in and is just, yes, has her emotions in check and all of that. It's, it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. It is. It's Mm -hmm. refreshing. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. Feeling composed. And I can actually think of a few accounts or women that I follow that I don't personally know, but have a very sweet demeanor and Mm -hmm. just very collected. And like, I can appreciate that. I think sometimes their message come across so much stronger to me. I really love seeing that there's like so many, what I love about Instagram is seeing all of these different types of women that I respect and that in my opinion are very empowered and they are all so different. Mm -hmm. And like that's empowerment to me Mm -hmm. is, is that we can all be different and be powerful and cheer each other on. I'm a big proponent of the, uh, of an abundance mentality, like especially with women that we can cheer each other on. And it is so much more that we succeed together than against each other. And that's, I think that's the sign of someone who's truly empowered. I have to follow up on that because I think in traditional mindset, you know, in corporate America, right. let's say that women it are dog eat dog. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it comes across as a very like cutthroat and I've been there. I've been in that environment. They will say a woman CEO is the hardest person to work for because she's had to fight and claw her way mm-hmm. to get there. And so I do love what you just said is that we can like change the mentality of what an empowered woman is. Yep. It doesn't have to be this ball busting feminist. Like, you know what I mean? You can have both. Yeah. You can be the homemaker and you can chase your dreams and do things that, you know, maybe are outside of what you thought you could do. I think we start losing our empowerment when we fall into a comparative mindset and feel like in order to be empowered, we have to be like someone else because it's not about being like someone else, like someone who's empowered. It's about being yourself. I like also what you said with the abundance, because I think especially in the social media platform, I think it's pretty incredible that it's given a voice and an opportunity to moms who might be home with the kids and, and kind of feel, you know, limited, but somehow this whole social media world has evolved and given opportunity. And there's a platform for so many things and women can kind of create their own business or ideas or hobbies and have a place to share it, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And the abundance angle, sometimes I feel very like, Oh, there's just, it's all caving in on me. There's too many and there's so many and everyone's already being done and, and there's no room for me. Right. But I, I've heard from a few friends and kind of what you just said, that there is room for everybody yeah. and everybody can shine in different ways yeah. and, and we build each other up. And I think there is so much encouragement. And when you kind of, again, where my instinct goes, feels like, oh, it's competitive and I can't do this yeah. and I'm not going to be the best at it. It, it kind of is a very encouraging um, platform sometimes with women and that there's room for all of us. Yeah. I definitely think it's how you use it. Mm-hmm. I was actually just talking about this with my mom mm-hmm. um, because sometimes I get, it's hard when so much of my life is online and then so many people are so negative about social media. And it sometimes it affects me being like, man, it is what I'm doing like bad. Yeah. Like I, it can, that can get confusing for me. And my mom found this new research study and that she was like, at least you need to read this. And it is the longest study on social media that's ever been done. It was over eight years. And it showed that that talk we talk about, about how social media causes depression and, you know, things like that. Right. It was directly coordinated with not how much time you spent on social media, but how you used social media. Oh. So 
mindless scrolling without any interaction directly correlated to depression and those kind of emotions. Whereas active engagement, liking, commenting, messaging people actually had the opposite effect. Actually being social. Yeah. So actually using it for its purpose. Which is connection. And I was like, oh, thank you for showing this to me because that's how I feel. And so when so many people talk negatively about it, I just, I, there's a disconnect for me because I'm like, I have had nothing but joy come from this. And it made me realize it's not it, like it is just a tool. It and sometimes right. people give too much power to it. Like that this is like, if it is hurting you, change change it yes and it's not use just it differently right or or don't use it but you have your own power to control like it, it doesn't have control over you absolutely so, and it is like it's how how you want to use the tool yeah. and it's funny because we grew up in the genre of so true social media, right. the social, like Facebook started when we were in college. Yeah. It was we, really about we saying OGers. like, Hey, we're going to meet yes, at this the place yeah. at this no, time. Go, go right on <laughs> oh, her yeah. wall. We'll meet there at seven. Hey, yeah. how was class? Like the back and forth on the walls and then the <laughs> messaging and then MySpace and then Instagram. And right, it was right. like, don't be where people shared that oh, pictures no, of trees. <laughs> yes, seriously. It is, and it's crazy because that was how you connected. That's how you flirted. That's how you got like, Every checked out meal the boys. you ate. Picture, your travel pictures. And it was like, then it evolved to yeah. like your baby pictures and all the fun things of like the day to day. And moms would even post like three times a day. Yeah. And then it very kind of quickly, but slowly like evolved to something totally different. Yeah. And it is totally different yeah. now. Nobody, not very few people I know still post day to day things of their life or their children or their family. Mm-hmm. It is very um, business, hobby, influencer driven. And I, again, I can appreciate that space because I do think it's given. And I can think of literally probably 20 women in my immediate life that it's given them opportunity and really given them a career, a business, a job, a hobby, that's something that's almost changed their life. One, well, mm-hmm. how many people has it just provided connection, especially exactly. in this last year? Mm-hmm. Like when we were literally always alone at home with our kids. Like what a blessing to have an opportunity to escape and connect with other people, even if it was just virtually. And it's truly, I think with everyone in any that they do like it comes back to your why like why do you do that and I've sometimes been confused about my why because I I would be like well I don't do it for that or for that reason and then when I really stripped it down it was the connection that is my favorite part and as I as my Instagram has grown I've been sad because when someone sees that larger number at the top they feel less likely that you would respond. But I respond I respond to hundreds of messages. Anyone that comes in, I'm going to respond to it. And there are some days that I can't get to them. But for the most part, that's my favorite part is the connection. And I don't, I love being able to connect with more people, but I don't want to lose that personal connection just because a number is larger at the top. Yeah, and I think for anyone who like is really struggling with that, social media, you know, negative mindset. I think like what you said, you'd have to narrow it into what you want it to be. Yeah. Because I think you can create a feed even with influencers and even with business accounts and HGTV and things like that, where it can be your personal inspiration. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can 
narrow it into, okay, Elise is a little DIY for inspiration yeah. for the day. And then you have your, you know, healthy living and, you know, it yeah. can be a positive place, but it is being mindful about like who you are um, following and yeah. things like that. And well, it's just taking your power back. Yes. It's, it's take, you, you, you get to, if you want it to be a powerful experience and a joyful one, it can be my, I think who said it, someone told me that social media was a mirror and I really liked that. Like yes. when I am struggling with comparative thoughts, like I think all women that just naturally sometimes happens. And that is actually a really good indicator for me. Like I'm not in the right mind space to be here. Because mm-hmm. I actually, those people I'm comparing myself to, I love following them and it says nothing about them. It says something about me and that I need to to take some time for myself and to be in a better mindset to be here. Mm-hmm. Just and reset. when it's, mm-hmm. when I'm in the mindset of like cheering everyone on, I know, okay, this is, this is really great. This is joyful. This is fun. This is a positive thing for me, but Absolutely. you have control over how you use it. You totally do. And what I love about your account is not only do you get the DIY and the inspiration and stuff, but you do just have such a gentle voice <laughs> and you, you share your struggles at points. And yeah. especially, you know, when you were talking about infertility and things that are really hard and personal for mm-hmm. a woman to talk about. So I think when you are truly an empowered woman, you're, you're not as afraid to kind of take on those hard topics and mm-hmm. speak about maybe your struggles and show your vulnerability because mm-hmm. that's a very um, vulnerable thing to talk about. I mean, what was that like for you? Have you gotten feedback from any of your followers about the impact it's had you sharing your infertility? Battle? Yeah. I think if you share anything at all, that's the thing that's probably the most surprising. It can be big or small, but when you just share your authentic self, I get the most feedback and the most responses and the most like that helped me so much when it's actually something I share that's hard or negative. Like that's what creates connection is, is, um, usually the hard things and not actually like people love to cheer on your successes, but it's those harder moments that create the connection I feel like. And so it was easy for me to keep sharing things like that because there was so much connection happening. And if that's my why, like it just drove me to do that more, I think, because I mean, especially when you've gone through something hard, like me going through infertility, I was like, well, if I would, this was so horrible, but if, if I can make something positive come out of it, if I can make someone else feel less alone or make someone else understand what it's like and be a better support system to someone who is going through it. Like I'm, I'm open to sharing that. So. Well, and isn't that awesome to, to feel that people are there for you there. I mean, yes, they like your project and yes, they think your kids are cute, but they like follow and are passionate about your page because of you and that impact. And that's huge. Yeah. It's so flattering. I I know it. And it's, it's, it's really a bonding, a friendship, like a whole network. And we can agree the same. A podcast community is a little different, but I mean, our listeners are out there and we feel such a network and a community. And when they write in and they enjoy an episode, there is just this community feel of mothers here. Well, it's just a natural woman thing. I think that we love to feel togetherness. Yes. Yes. And that that is what like pushes us all forward. So that's why I really believe that like if we all support each other, that it just 
it, our progress. It just pushes us all forward. Yeah. A hundred percent cheering each other on. I mean, and feeling together in this. And and we say that all the time, the, that just the mothering on top of any hobbies or jobs or projects, the mothering of just these little people and mm-hmm. how trying and rewarding and you know, sad and happy and all the feels that it goes with. I mean, it's just so wonderful to feel connected and not alone in yep. that process. Totally. Um, so we just, we all, all of us, we put so much out there sometimes. And sometimes we have like our pitfalls mm-hmm. and kind of our failures, if you want to say. I mean, is there a time in your experience that kind of you might have had a miss or a fail that was hard for you or just a learning curve for you and just something that's helped you grow through this? Yeah. Well, I feel like I have failures all the time, constantly, (laughs) uh, especially in woodworking. Uh, Luckily, none that have resulted in physical injury. <laughs> Thank goodness. I, all, I still, all 10 fingers, yeah, please? Okay. <laughs> My husband reminds me, never stop being afraid of the power of tools. <laughs> if the fear is there, you will protect yourself. Um, no, I think probably my, when I look back, one of the things that was the hardest for me failure-wise was um, I went to school to be a speech therapist. I got my master's degree in speech language pathology. It's something that I'm super passionate about and that I thought was going to be my career. And when I had my kids and my social media account had grown because of sharing our infertility journey, I was just making a little bit here or there on social media. And I, I wanted to stay home with my kids. And I thought maybe... Maybe this can be an opportunity for me and I can use all of these skills that I've learned in social media and I can use my abilities uh, in speech therapy. And I spent probably a whole year developing a speech therapy course for new moms because people are always asking me, how do I get my babies to talk? And I specialized in early intervention in speech and I knew exactly like the course to make out And when I finished, I was so proud. I was like, every mom needs this and every mom could benefit from this information. Like it's something that everyone should know. And I just, because I saw the value so much in it, I just assumed everyone else would too. And it didn't go well. I was killing myself and wasn't seeing any kind of sales at all. Had put a lot of money into it for the courses and the websites and all that stuff and was just really disappointed because I really saw the value in it. And um, I had to come to a point and realize that even though it was good and even though it had value, it wasn't working for, for me and for my family. And that that didn't mean that it was bad. Like, It did feel like a failure at the time to say, well, that idea didn't work, (laughs) Uh, but I grew through it and, and I'll move on. Mm -hmm. And like now looking at what I do now, like it's so different, but I love it so much. And if I hadn't have had that failure, I wouldn't be where I am now. And same with, same with even the failures of infertility, like I'm, grateful in retrospect for the way it turned out. Like, I feel like the timing was right and everything, but I feel like failures, at least for me, I've always looked at them as more like stepping stones to a final destination. Like they're not, it's not the end unless you let it be the Mm -hmm. end. You can take the positive you can from it and move on. 
I totally agree. But that's a really hard pill to swallow in the moment, you know, like it is, especially when you've gone to college for (laughs) something and you've invested so much money in Mm -hmm. the form of tuition and like you said, websites and course and just time, time away from your family and your kids. And I mean, Lauren and I can relate to that. We feel like we've said this over and over, but the podcast has started out as a passion project as something we really wanted to do to like relate to mothers and make them not feel alone in the trenches and all the things. But yeah, it does become a thing of like, okay, I love this so much. I want to make this happen. Yeah. I would love for this to actually provide some value to my family, mm-hmm. right? right? And uh-huh. make make it worth the time away from them, right? right? And so it is it's an interesting inner battle that I think us yeah. women go through much more than men, right? Because right. we take a lot of things internally and we balance a lot. We have yeah. a lot of guilt when we're not seeing our little ones enough yeah. or we feel like our attention is spread too thin. There's just so many factors that sometimes I look at my husband and I'm like, you just don't get it. You're not a, you're not a mom, so you don't get it. You know, you don't understand like when you go to work, you just get to go to work, <laughs> you know? You're not Uh, worrying that all the other pieces are going to fall into line and, you know, they're going to get to baseball and dance is happening and you're you're making the music video for school and like all the things that Mm -hmm. have to function, you know? And so... I know it's, but, and so that's what I feel like makes it that much harder when you come across those failures as a woman Mm -hmm. to kind of pick yourself up. Yeah, I think they just have different... um, they're, I, I don't know. I don't see them as like one's harder than the other. They're just so different because if my husband were to lose his job, I feel like he feels like his responsibility is the whole, is oh, our financial. Yeah. So it's just different. We just carry things differently. Mm-hmm. Very. We so are wired so differently. Yes. So I Crazy. think it's understanding that we're so wired differently. Yes. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we all have daughters in this room. You have two, yeah. your darling little girls. And I think, I mean, Lauren and I have talked a lot about this, that we just want, we even did an episode on it, the 20 things we want to teach our daughters. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, as we're raising them, it is, I just want them to know that they can do whatever they yeah. want and they can't have it all. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to pick feminism or homemaker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, it's not just the limits of being, if you want to be a mom, you're you're stuck with the babies at the house and da, da, da. You're so limited. And I think for a long time, that was very much a mentality, kind of even in some of our faiths, like that was just traditionally what you did. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those barriers have been broken. Well, I think there, I think it is coming to much more of that it's your freedom to choose and mm-hmm. that all of those things are powerful. I have friends who work all the time that are incredible mothers. I have friends who are 100% stay-at-home moms who are incredible mothers. And mothering isn't about time. It's about the relationship. And um, I think that we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves because, and I don't think that's a a negative thing. I think it's what makes women incredible. I agree. And I think it is a process of kind of going internally Mm -hmm. and 
figuring out yourself to some degree, like really doing that work to come to realize what is going to make me the best mother. And to know that not everything is permanent. Yes. So if I am feeling like something's not working or if I feel like I need something, that I need something that's my own and I try that out. That's you don't have to put so much weight on these decisions. If I want to go try working and see if that makes me happy and makes my kids happy, let's try that out. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else. I love that. Sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves for it always to be right, but there's a process. Like we have to go through a process to find that right balance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it will be working and sometimes it won't. And that's totally normal. Even if you were with your kids 24 7 every day it would sometimes be working and it would sometimes not. So I think something that one of my professors told me in college was that a really good job is something that you love four days out of seven. Mm-hmm. And that it's not like this constant, like no nothing that you ever do will be enjoyable 100% of the time. And I think it's a false thing that's put out there sometimes that like, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. Yes. And I just don't think that's true. <laughs> like with anything that is meaningful and purposeful and good, it's not good all the time. Right. It's just not. Yes, and to be at peace with with that, that you'll have some good days and some dad, bad days. But if your days are overwhelmingly better than they are hard, then you're doing something right. Agreed. I just have to reiterate what you just said, because I love it so much that the decision is not permanent Yeah, and that you can try something out. And I think for all the bad things that there are to say about the internet, and there are a lot of bad (laughs) things to say, I think it also allows a lot of opportunity and flexibility, Mm -hmm. you know, to do things on your time and from home. And, you know, it's a very, very interesting time that we live in. And so, so many opportunities. Yeah. But yeah, I think coming back to the the daughters and uh, the little women we're raising, like w- to b- all of us, just a discussion round table. What are ways we can deliberately um, empower, empower them. them? Yeah. Empower our daughters to, uh, I mean, to me, I feel that if I can set my daughter up with confidence mm-hmm. and if that's confidence in the way she looks, the confident in her thoughts, in, in her thoughts, the, what she believes um, in her in herself and just in her friendships. I just feel a confidence is so empowering. They, they're, they feel comfortable with themselves. And like right now I'm, I'm kind of not worried about my daughter socially, but she doesn't, she's kind of shifted to a new school and she's made a ton of friends, Yeah, but yet she's been, she hasn't vented or cried or had bad days. She just like kind of goes with it. And I feel like she's very confident. If one day I'm just chilling by myself, I'm okay with that. And other days I'm with these girls. That's great. But for me as a mom, I'm over like, oh my gosh, wait, you you, you sat by yourself today. I, I don't want you to sit by yourself. Go talk to that girl. What did she do? Why? Why? You know, and it, but she has a very relaxed and eased confidence about her. And she has really naturally come to into that. And I'm so grateful. But I want to continue to build that yeah. and never hinder that. Mm-hmm. I will say, and you've now known me for 15 years, Lauren. You would probably say, I always have something I'm doing. Like, I've all, I have a million dreams. And I'm constantly wanting to go after it all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They joked in college. Elise, they made fun of me that, have you ever seen, do you watch Friends? 
Yeah. Have you ever seen Friends? Yeah, I've seen Friends. Okay. <laughs> There's an episode where like they're living an alternate reality and Phoebe becomes a corporate oh, yeah. woman. Okay. <laughs> they used to call me Phoebe because of that episode. They were <laughs> like, you're gonna... never getting married. You're never having children. Yes. You're just going to go bust balls and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff. They totally <laughs> did. Right. But I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going to have it all. Whatever. <laughs> no, but I just want, I have to say like my parents, man, they just never, they were like, if you can get the grades to go to Harvard, we, we will do whatever we have to do to get yeah. you to Harvard. Like yeah. they just never, ever made me think anything was out of reach. And I came from this little bitty, bitty town mm-hmm. in the corner of Texas. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this little farm town. I don't know. Like every day, those I, words of affirmation to me. That's what it is. Yes. My When I had my first daughter, I'm so happy with the way I was raised. I just, I wouldn't change anything and I feel so grateful. And so I asked my mom, like, what's your number one parenting tip? And she said, what you tell their ki- your kids is what they become. Mm. And I think that all the time about like, what am I telling my girls that they are? Because those are the things they're going to believe in themselves. And so it is those words of affirmation and it's, it's important to say, you know, you are such a hard worker. You are so smart. You are so like all those things that build them up, that make them, you know, say that they are. And I think sometimes, um, the extremists of today, you know, say, well, don't focus on complimenting the way they look only talk about their achievements. And I think there is a place for both. I think that I tell my daughters how beautiful they are every day because they have a whole wide world of people who probably will not. So I am going to build them up in every single way and help them know and believe those things about themselves. And absolutely agree. I just, yeah, I think that that the positiveness towards towards them is the most important. And I know sometimes I have, I slip right into like, if it's a hard day, like, oh my goodness, you're being such a pill or something. The second that that comes out of my mind, my mouth, they believe that too. And they're going to believe those things about them. If I tell them that, oh my goodness, don't, you're not going to clean up your room so lazy. They're going to believe that about themselves. And so like a good example, I feel like is my mom always told me I was really good at math. She was always like, you are just so smart and you are so good at math. And looking back, I was not, I didn't, (laughs) it did not come easily to me, but I believed her. I believed that. And that made it easier. Oh, it's so true. And my husband kind of laughs because to this day, to this day, and I was telling Lauren, my parents, when I talked to them, my dad, I mean, he's been very successful in like what he's done. But when I call him, he will like joke around and he'll answer the phone. This is David, assistant to the mom voice. You know, like he's just like constantly building me up. Yes. And he's constantly like, oh, you know, like saying things that just make me feel good. And I'm Mm -hmm. 35 years old. And my husband, he just laughs. He's like, oh my gosh, like whatever. Yeah. You know, but it's something that they've done my whole life. And I, I do, I like, I do, and I internalize that. Yeah. I think it sometimes there's a mindset of today that I have to toughen up my kids for the world because the world's going to throw a lot at them. But I think the way you do that is not by being the one that's tough to them. I think you're the one that yeah. be their cheerleader. Because there's plenty sure. of people that will try to tear them down. So I yep. think that's probably the biggest one for me is just, just telling them all the things that they're good at all the time or all the things that I think they could be good at. 
you know, like fake it till you make it sometimes. Like yes. <laughs> even in situations where I'm like, I try to flip my mind. If she's not being patient, then I'm like, wow, you are really a patient child. And their mindset flips. Mm-hmm. Like you can just see it. They, the positive always outweighs anything else. Yeah. In my opinion. And I think also like, don't be afraid to get them out there and mow, yeah. the, mow the yard and help, help dad yep. change the oil and, you know, get them working with the power yeah. tools and like expose them to a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And, and so much. So it's more like the words is great. But when I think back about what makes, made me want to be like my mom was her example, like her actions, because words go so far and that's great. But her actions in supporting me, her, her the time she would take to help me. And a lot of times we just think our kids will become these things. And so many of the things that I am, it's because my mom sat next to me and did them with me. And I gained the confidence by being with her. And then I could spread my wings and fly by myself. Like they're just not born to be these things. Like we have to help them become those things. And even it similar with my husband helping me with power tools, watching him, him watching me, stepping me through it, giving me the confidence that I needed so that I could do it by myself. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, as we've talked about, just kind of feeling empowered and taking ownership and just doing these things. And as a woman, um, it feels so wonderful, but there's also a little bit of like, we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace and a little bit of self-care yeah. and kind of just shifting a little bit here. I mean, how do you find um, ways to give yourself, you know, self-care and yeah. give yourself a break and just kind of renew? Because it's, I mean, you're- Does ta- it ever become too much? Yeah, you're yeah. tackling so much and we all are. Every yeah. mom is juggling so much. So much. Um, Every mom is juggling. Yes. Moms are juggling more than they ever have in the history of ever. Is oh, how right. I feel. The, this day and age, I agree. This it's just it can be over overwhelming, and so we've always pushed self care is such an important aspect yeah. as a mother and as a woman, and and we're entitled to that like right to just kind of give ourselves that rest and grace and renewal. So what do you do, Elise, that kind of helps you? Well, I think self care is so personal. Mm-hmm. It's not. I think sometimes people put definitions on what it is or what it is and it is not, but I think it's whatever you need and whatever you need it to be at that time. So I feel like it changes for me. I think a big thing that I've, I've determined as self-care is that I need help. Like, and that you can still be a really empowered woman and feel very confident in yourself and know that you can't do everything all at once all the time. Like, if you can ask for help and um so and is that help with your husband help with yeah help with the kids yeah I feel like help with my house Mm -hmm. help with cleaning or you know whatever it is that I'm feeling behind on like it's okay I'm not a failure if I didn't accomplish all the things on my to-do list which has been a big thing for me to get over because I definitely used to tie my worth directly to how many things I accomplished in a day yes right and and I've been working to get away from that. But I think, yeah, sometimes self-care for me is having a sitter come and not doing all the things on my to-do list, but going and getting a drink and sitting in a parking lot mm-hmm. and scrolling my phone or, you know, yes. like whatever it is you need and to not feel guilty about it, that, that sometimes we need that time. 
for Um, ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, literally, if it's just a few minute breather, yeah, (laughs) doing like what you like, watching a show, a podcast, scrolling the phone. Oh my gosh. Um, I think I read this article my mom sent my sisters and I a little bit ago, and I kind of am forgetting, but it was something about having your house cleaned and, um, and how it kind of like, anyways, Sometimes there's a stigma around like having a house yeah. cleaner, yeah. right? Kind of well, like I feel, yeah, either I feel that way. Either like, oh come on, you're being lazy, like get it done, or oh wow, you must be so rich to have a house right. made yes. at your house, and like all of those things are just so false. Like sometimes you just need help yeah. with just the day to day, and if you are working full time and having a full week, there might be a need yeah. for cleaning. Well, I just I built these huge mudroom built-ins. I was completely burnt out because I pushed through it, which I don't really regret getting it done the way I did, but I just had to recognize in myself, I am burnt out. I am exhausted in so many areas. My house is a mess. The laundry is not getting done, like so many things. And one of the reasons I love social media and all the connections I've made is that I got on there to just say, I'm taking a break. Mm-hmm. from building and I just need a few days just to catch up on all the things and try to relax a little bit and I got mm-hmm. like probably a hundred messages saying you should not be cleaning your house you deserve a real rest you should have someone clean your house for you and I feel like a lot of times we as women feel like that's our responsibility and I it So I had, but so many people told me, really rest, get someone to do that for you. And so I paid someone to come. And in the process, I had this woman in my home. She was incredible, did such a good job. And I was just asking her, you know, like, do you clean other people's houses in this neighborhood or whatever? And she opened up to me that she was hurting for business and really wanted some more business. And it gave me the opportunity to get, I was like, well, I can help you, you know, like I can get online and find you. And she texted me the next day after I shared her online and so many people. And sometimes we, it, it gave the opportunity by me admitting that I needed help to help someone else. And I was like, wow, that, you know, if I wouldn't have admitted that I needed help, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to really help her out. And so yeah, I just think it's it's okay. Yes. It's okay to put off, to to hand over some things that sometimes feel like we should be doing to someone else and it doesn't make us any less capable. It's totally. just we just sometimes cannot do it all. Right. And I think it's personally just what you prioritize. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in For my sure. home growing up, my mom always worked. Like she yeah, I mean, she supported our family in the early days when my dad was starting his business and we always had someone cleaning our house. Yeah. And so it was like normal for us. We weren't yeah. rich, but for my mom, that was a priority. It was a priority for yeah. her because she knew that she, to manage her stress and anxiety yeah. of being a nurse on the night shift and then managing kids during the day, she couldn't have a crazy messy house. Yeah. Like she, and I'm very much the same way. It definitely so, directly correlates however messy yes. it is with how how messy my mind is. Yeah, I feel like when it's clean, my mind is like yes. more clear and focused and and but recognizing those things about ourselves and what 
what we can prioritize and what we can actually do and where the gap is and where we need help. Yeah. And it's not that way for everybody. It's different. I mean, some people it's meals and they need to, you know, get help with that or sign up for a service or like whatever. So I know it is just kind of taking a step back, reassessing like, Mm -hmm. okay, what is vital here? What do I really, really need help with? And then, yeah, seeking out those Constantly, constantly adjusting. Sometimes I feel like when I was a less confident person, I would, I kind of sat in this like what was me my life is so hard I have so many things to do I can't do anything I have so many responsibilities as a mom and as a homemaker and you know and just kind of like this isn't fair blah blah blah. any of those thoughts and but the only way that those things change is if we take the action and I feel like for so long I just sat in it and didn't realize my own power in being able to change it yeah I love that I actually have found the article um, and, I, and I, I want, I'm going to have to like share this the week we air, but this is through a life coach and it's, and, and we don't need to dive into it, but it's just kind of talking about how, uh, most people who have, um, think that, oh, I can't hire a house cleaner. That's so lazy or self-indulgent of me. It's a giving 95% and only receiving 5% back. And it kind of just breaks down on how unrealistic that is for anybody. And um, there's just some good takeaways here. She calls it classic case of cognitive, okay, dissonance? Dissonance. 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 What's the definition of dissonance? No idea. Okay, well, I'm going to share this article yes, you are. the week of, and <laughs> yes. you guys are going to love it because it's just breaking down it. how we we need help, and there's nothing self-indulgent about it. Yeah. And when you have to prioritize and that list... I feel like sometimes help also isn't just paid for. Yes, right. right. We can find other women who live in our neighborhoods. Let's swap. Trade. Let's, let's support each other and help because... This this mom job, mm-hmm. this being a woman, all the responsibilities we do carry, and a lot of them that we put on ourselves, and not just that the world, we cannot do it alone, and we have to support each other, whether on social media or not, and I think there's a really important place for not to. I have, in my life, I have these amazing connections online that I love so much, but I've also, it's a huge priority for me to have these amazing friendships and connections in person. Oh, yeah. And yes. you can't miss out on that, too. Right. But surrounding yourself with empowered women, it, it's empowering. And I, my group of friends that I have, each one of them have different different things that I, that it's so empowering to me to watch them co- be themselves confidently and it helps me be myself confidently even though we're all so different and I think that's the case as a collective unit of women too we can right. all it, be so different we can all be connected just in all of that we do takes a village and absolutely supporting and I think exactly right those physical personal face-to-face friendships are just as important and just building those up and and using those on your day-to-day is huge and I think when I I think (laughs) what I'm thinking about it's hard sometimes for me to classify myself as an empowered woman like I like to think that I am we're not perfect all the time but some of the people that when I think of in my mind are the people that are constantly serving others. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that I'm trying to be better at because it's so easy for me to be like, I have so much to do. I have so many things to do. But the times that I do step back and think about how I can support someone else as a woman and their 
roles or, or I just see someone else struggling and that they need help, it, it builds us up even more. Like we get so much more from giving than we do from like trying to get things for ourselves. And sometimes when I'm in those lower moments, I think about, okay, how can I serve someone else? And that usually helps me the most in coming out of those lower moments when it comes to confidence and empowerment. I love that so much. And I think on that note, that is perfect to wrap it up on. (laughs) It is. I mean, would you agree, Lauren? Yes. I think we've covered all of the boards of just feeling internally empowered and focusing on us, how to focus that through our children and our daughters, especially. And and then just in our inner circle and, you know, our families and, and using that empowerment, but also just that special, nurturing, wonderful way that women have. And yes. and you are a great example of that. Oh, Elise. you're very sweet. Thank you. Elise, we're so happy you came back. This was so fun. I know. <laughs> you can find Elise if you're not following along with her yet. You can find her on Instagram at Hunters of Happiness. Yes. And she, again, she shares so much wonderful content on there. And if you have any home projects, lots of inspo. Yes. <laughs> she will inspire you. Yes. So if you enjoyed what you heard today, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really is the only way that we grow is through shares and things like that. We are back every Monday with brand new episodes and sometimes more, sometimes mm-hmm. in the middle of the week. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can find us on Instagram at yes, the mom voice podcast or at themomvoice.com. Okay. Anything else, Lauren? That will do it. We're so happy to, that you were here with us, Elise. Thank you Thank so much you. for having me. Oh, of Love course. It. Take care of each other. All right. Bye-bye. We want to tell you about the Pogo Pass. Now that we're post-COVID and we're ready to get out and make memories and experiences with our family, you definitely need to check out the Pogo Pass. You can use this pass for great pricing to games, museums, activities throughout your city. We love ours and used it so much before COVID. Here in the Valley, the Pogo Pass gets you admission to the Sunsplash Water Park, and that pays for the pass right there. To purchase, go to pogopass.com and use our code the mom voice for $10 off at checkout. This is a great bang for your buck and you'll make memories with your kids.